2: Hey guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. At the time of my recording, it is Friday morning and I'm about to head off for the weekend. I've got... A wedding later tonight, and then tomorrow I've got draft day, catching up with all the boys there. Uh, I'm anticipating this wedding will be quite a big day, so it would be interesting to see what state I'm in tomorrow. I will, over the Instagram story, keep you up to date with what's going on throughout the day when you're listening to this. Uh, You would have already seen that. Uh, So hopefully you enjoyed that, a little bit of behind-the-scenes sort of stuff. Uh, But... Draft day coming tomorrow. Uh, Very nervous about it. I feel a little bit more unprepared than what I normally am. Uh, Assuming I'm going to be in a bit of Barney rubble tomorrow after having a big night on the drink tonight worries me a little bit, but uh, is what it is for that one. Got to deal with it. Obviously, as I said, I feel a little bit underprepared, but I do do this stuff all day. So as much as I haven't like overly targeted uh, to my own draft, I talk about this stuff all the time with people and stuff. So I have got a good grasp of, of where I'm at and... I do tend to go off vibe uh, probably more so than other people in my comp as well, probably more so than anyone in my comp, to be honest with you. I don't try to outthink the room too much. So I am nervous about it, but uh, I think I am well enough prepared by all the you know content and everything I do for you guys and stuff. So, But as you can probably tell in my voice, I'm a little bit nervous about it. Now, last year, I spoke to you guys on the podcast all the way leading up to it, saying do not draft front row forwards, go for your high ceiling sort of guys. Uh, And that's sort of moving away from an older-fashioned way that we used to draft, uh, which was sort of, you know, get your solid guys, get your CTWs with base stats. These sort of fellas, um, especially in captain's leagues now, I got to draft day last year. Uh, we did our challenges and everything. I ended up with, I think, pick five or six. I got Cody Walker, who I was really happy with. I thought Cody Walker was going to be one of the value guys. Um, he had a really good season. I think he topped the NRL for most try assist. Incredible. Averaged uh, off the dome, I want to say 80 or something. And the reality was, as good as Cody Walker was going... Um, he was never going to win me a comp. Yeah, he was never going to win me a comp because he didn't have those 140, 150 scores. Just had a look. He averaged 84. Um He only scored, what, one, two, three, four. He scored 500s last year, which is really good. His highest was 150. His next best, 130. uh, And then the other ones were 110, 107, 118 or so. So very good, but not in that Tom Travojevic sort of category. He finished the year strong. You know, I did say all year that I wanted to have Cody Walker because I thought he'd finish strong. He went 151, 90, 121. He had a 49 against Penrith, 107 against the Roosters, but then he was rested for the last week against the Dragons, which is essentially why I picked him. So last year when I was really high on Cody Walker, I got him. I was super hyped, super excited, and then I fell into old habits over the next few rounds. I think I went Nathan Brown, and I think I went Takiyaho. I got sucked into Takiyaho goal-kicking last year. And picking those front-row forwards and second-row forwards, it, it kind of screwed me over. And not so much that they were front-row forwards and second-row forwards, but they didn't have huge upside to them. They weren't, you know, you, you, you a guy like Nathan Brown, he isn't a try-scorer. He isn't going to score 10 or 11 tries. And that's what sort of cost me in the back end that I didn't have those high-end sort of guys. And I look at the guy that won our comp last year, Phil. I'm sure he'll be listening. He absolutely nailed it. He Well, I, I sort of think he, he he kind of accidentally nailed it to some extent. But in round 13, he picked up Ruben Garrick or something. Yeah, something like that, round 13, around that mark. And, of course, he went on, he went on to absolutely kill it. And for me... Reuben Garrick has gone from around 13 pick last year, whatever it was, to a top 10 pick for me. Now, Ruben Garrick is a guy that I'm pretty high on. And this sort of brings me to my next point about my strategy for draft this year. I'm trying to win it. Now, for me, when you're trying to win the comp, you need these guys that are going to have massive scores. I've been talking to mates and people sending me things about when they pick 8, 9, 10, and they're taking Angus Crichton because his average is good, and I'm like, fuck, it's all good and well, but is he going to win you a comp? You need to be getting 130-point score, 140-point scores to be able to compete in this premiership to beat guys in grand finals and finals. You're going to have to top Nathan Cleary. You're going to have to top Tom Trevojevic, James Tedesco, Ryan Pappenhausen, Latrell Mitchell, sort of guys and for me I I just don't I think a lot of guys that people are drafting in the top 10 aren't going to do it for them I look at Angus Crichton I look at Harry Grant I will die on the Harry Grill fan club hill but my god I just don't think you're going to get those huge scores consistently from Harry Grant so I've sort of dropped him down my list a little bit my strategy this year and we do our we we pick our spots based on um challenges Now, I don't know what the challenges are yet. The guy that won last year that I mentioned, Phil, he'll tell us when we get there. Uh, Not sure what they are, but I'll be going pretty hard in the paint to get a top six pick there. Now, if I get a top six pick, I'll be happy. Probably top five, realistically. So at the moment, the way that my five would sit uh, would be Turbo at one, Cleary at two, probably Teddy at three, Pappy at four, then Latrell at five. That'd sort of be how I'd be sitting. I'd be happy with any of those five. After that, it does get a little bit murky for me, and I'm not quite sure which direction I would go after that. And that sort of leans me to thinking, if I'm not going to be a top five pick, I'm telling you right now, I'm strongly considering dropping down to 13th or 14th and to be able to have a double pick and the guys that I think I could get on the double pick uh, at a long, long stretch Cameron Munster maybe people might be off him but I highly doubt it he's sort of a guy I I could potentially think about taking Munster at that 6th spot but it's just a bit of a punt for me I don't really know what Munster we're going to get this year we could still get a fantastic Munster and he could average 80 and for me that's not going to win you a comp because you'll probably get 80 every fucking week you need those 130, 140 scores so for me I would be happy to go at the bottom of the list. I would be happy to go 13th, 14th, maybe even 12th around that mark. And the guys I would be targeting would be a Nico Hines, a Ruben Garrick, a Brian Toto I think these guys will drop a little bit. Uh, if you could get a DCE Ruben Garrick combo, which is what Phil won last year in our comp, I think that'd be pretty lethal. But Nico Hines, he's a guy that I'm pretty keen on. I think he's gonna do well. Am I hyper confident he's gonna do well? No, but I've just got a gut feel that he's gonna do well and I, I've got to back that in. Because I look at other guys in top tens, I just I don't think Harry Grant's gonna win you a competition. I don't think Cameron Munster's gonna win you a competition compared to those top guys for feeder. He's a freak, but I just don't trust him, to be honest with you. He's got a pretty good run home, which I understand is appealing to people. I don't personally trust Fafita. I'd rather a fullback or something like that. So, Fafita, he'd probably be the top of this list of guys not interested in. Um, I just... I think you have to be going for... A guy that can score 150 on any given week. And I look at Ruben Garrick, and he's one of those guys to me. He can score three tries. He can kick 10 goals in a game where Manly does well. I look at Nico Hines, and for me, he's going to be the main guy there. I look at the Penrith Panthers, and I look at Brian Toto. And I'm like, you know what? He could go huge. He finished this at the end of last year. I'll just get those numbers up. When he came back from an injury, he was unbelievable last year. And he's the sort of guy that if you had him during finals, what did he go? 94, 164. I mean, if you had him in the grand final last year at 164, you couldn't lose. It was near impossible for you to lose. And if he scores two or three tries, all of a sudden you're looking at 150 score, which for me, Harry Grant, Angus Crichton, Munster, these guys don't have that in them consistently enough to be able to choose them. That is just my thoughts on it. My approach is that I'm going for high ceiling, guys. I'm going all in. I've got a couple of rules that I'm going to follow this year. I'll take you through them now. The first one, I'm not going to pick front row forwards to the very end, yeah? I do this every goddamn year. I say don't pick front row forwards, then I get to round four or five, and I look around the room, and I'm like, ooh, I could really do with a guy that's going to get me 60 every week here, when the reality is... I could wait until the waiver wire and I could get a guy that gets 50 every week. It's just not worth it. There's a couple of front rowers that I think are worth having, but they will get overdrafted. There is, I'm, I'm so confident of that they will get overdrafted. Payne Haas is one. Adam Fanua Blake would be another one for me. I'm very keen on him this year, but I really need to get late value out of him to be interested in him. A um, few other front rowers that I like, but I don't want to spend those early picks on them. I want to spend my early picks on guys, outside backs that I think, fuck, You know what? could score 150 on a good night. They could score three tries. One guy that I'm confident I'll get, because I'm going to go early on him, could be round two, could be round three, probably be round three, I would say, but it depends where I land, is Katoni Stags? He's a guy that I want. He plays the Dragons in round 25. I really, really, really like that matchup. Our grand final is round 25 as well. I had Katoni Staggs last year. He's an absolute freak. I still don't think people realise just how good he is. So Stags is one guy I'm really confident that I'm going to get. The only worry with Stags is... That if, for example, I get a late pick, so if I get picked, you know, 13, 14, which is quite possible, if I don't get in the top six, I will try and push myself back there. All of a sudden, I have to get someone in round two, I won't go to Tony Staggs, because that'll be like pick 15, 16, so I have to get him on the way back, which is pretty deep by then, and I would be worried about not getting him. But he's a guy that I'm very keen on, stags. Depending on where I land uh, with our challenges and stuff, as I said, I don't know what our challenges are, but I'm pretty confident I can land myself in a top six spot there, hopefully. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of the keener supercoach players that I play with actually drop down to 13 or 14 as well. So once we get out of that top six... I think there'll be a couple of guys that know their shit. That will, there will be a bit of a race for that pick 13, 14. Hopefully, you end up with the guys that don't know as much about it around you down there because uh, if you end up with a couple of guys that actually know their super coach down there, it could be a bit of a nightmare for you. But that's my approach with Front Row Forwards. I'm going to leave them to the very end. I'm not going to look at them. I'm not going to pick any of them. I'm going to wait to the very end and there will be some value there for me to grab. A guy that I know I'll be looking at is Aaron Penne. He's one I'm keen on from the New Zealand Warriors. I think I can get good value value out of him the beauty with these front rowers is that they're not doing well you can drop them in a heartbeat you can grab someone else I haven't lost value on them I grab another 50 point player meanwhile someone will have Payne Haas and yes he'll average 75 but it's a round one pick he'll get 75 every week he might score a try and get 100 whereas hopefully my round one or round two pick will be able to score 150 on every on any given week with a good matchup which is what I want so front rowers I'm leaving them now depending on where I land And this is where it gets a little bit complicated and this is where it's going to take a a, a bit of balls for me to actually follow this strategy. What I'm going to do or what, what I'm planning on doing anyway is depending on who I get so for example if I get pick one I'm going to get Tommy Turbo. He will be my fullback. Yeah, He'll be my fullback. That means that I will leave Hooker halfback and probably 5'8". I'm going to leave all those spine players late and I'm going to stack everywhere else. Yeah, that's going to be my plan moving forward. Essentially, no matter who I get, because if, if, if with my first-round pick, I'm already promising you, unless there's a lot of guys that go that I'm not anticipating, like Ruben Garrick, like Nico Hines, like Brian Toto, and I'm sitting at Jersey 13 or 14, I will not go Harry Grant. I will let someone else take him. I'm pretty confident someone will take him in the top 10 anyway, and it won't be me. For me, there's no other real hooker that's worth owning for where you have to draft them. Damien Cook's probably the next best guy. I just don't think that I don't have confidence in him coming out of this Wayne Bennett era and exploding. I there's a, there's a few hookers in this squad. Havili's in there. Mamazellas is there. For me, hooker is just toxic this year, and I'm not going to draft a hooker in the first 10 rounds. To be honest with you, if I had to bet on what's going to happen here, I would say hooker will be the 17th guy that I pick, with one exception. If I can get Jaden Braley... And I can get him around pick 13, 14, maybe even 12... I will take Jaden Braley and I will wait patiently and just take an AE there. Other than him, there isn't really a hooker I want. And I and I, I, I know you're probably thinking, yeah, but what if value shows itself? I just don't think it will because there's not enough hookers in my competition and I know what my competition is like. Everyone will rush to get hookers. They'll all try and find one. For me, I'm just going to let hooker go. I might, you know, I'll obviously have to take one at the end of the draft. So I will take someone maybe like a Sam Verrells or maybe a Beyond Iodo or a, you know, a Josh Cook, it could be either of those two guys from Canterbury it could be a Mitch rain. You know, there's a few guys you could go for here and just hope for an, in- an injury in this competition. I think that'll be my last pick. I just, I can't get value for hooker. I don't think any of them are worth top round two picks. Round one, round two picks. The only guys that you could argue are they will go in round one and round two for me, which is Harry Grant and Damian Cook. I'm not interested, so I'm going to leave that. So for me, I probably don't have a hooker unless it's Jaden Braley, round 10 to 13, around that mark, I would say. But I would assume that somebody will probably grab Jaden Braley before that. I think someone else will take that pump. But if they don't, he is the only guy... I will look at. Hooker is very tough this year for me. Andrew McCulloch becomes irrelevant. He's not going to play 80. Victor Radley loses Hooker. Ben Hunt loses Hooker. It's just a lot of change there that I just can't trust. Uh, I know what you're thinking also. You've spoken about Ruben Cotter for so long. For me, Cotter, I'm not confident he's going to get that 13 jersey. If it gets to round one and he does have it, I will regret not going him. But for the risk it's going to take... I understand it. And I have sort of changed my path a little bit. My strategy is to try and go high ceiling, guys. So there are a number of back rowers that I think have high ceilings that I am very keen on, um, that I'll be keeping a very close eye on. I want high ceilings everywhere. I want a top five pick. If I don't have a top five pick, I want 13 or 14 and I want to stack two of Ruben Garrick, Nico Hines or Brian Toto. If I can't get them, I start to look at a guy like Jerome Hughes possibly. I want to win a comp. I don't just want to feature in the final series. That's my strategy going in. As I said, I probably won't pick a hooker because if I get one of Tom Turbo, Tedesco, uh, Pappy, or if I get one of those guys, I'm going to leave Hooker, and it probably means I'm going to leave halfback as well until later on. I'm going to stack my center wings with strong guys and a couple of second rowers that I believe have try-scoring ability or have have shown they have try-scoring ability. I won't be going for feeder. I'll be going other guys in the next few rounds that I'm keen on, and there is a number of them that I'm interested in. Josh Curran, I'm very high on him. Ewan Aitken, I like him. Um, Jordan Rickey, I don't mind Jordan Ricky, but I wouldn't go him that early. I'd probably get him a little later. I like that little conversation that he could have with Adam Reynolds. Potentially a Tevita Pangai Jr. Um, Satili, I've spoken a lot about him. I think he's going to score a number of tries this year. He doesn't really have the base to go with it, but I think Satili is going to score a heap of tries for the Sydney Roosters this year. He's one I'm going to be keen on as well. Um, So they're going to be guys I'm going to go for in those few rounds after that are just about getting a high ceiling, just about getting guys that I believe will score tries and will have big scores. That is what I'm going for this year and it is a little bit different to what i usually do and it means that I'm probably going to have to leave halfback, yeah? Now, if I get Nathan Cleary, that changes everything. All of a sudden, I've got a halfback. I've got that sorted. I don't have to worry about it. That would mean that I leave Hooker in 5'8". I don't even touch it. I make my priority getting a gun fullback. Don't know who that would be. Don't know who's going to be around by the time it comes back to me. Uh, by that point, we could be getting a little bit desperate. We might be looking at, like, a Matt Dufty or someone like that. Probably round three around that mark. Uh, but it is going to get tough. Ideally... I don't want Nathan Cleary, to be honest with you. If I get number two, I'm happy with it. He's a great captain. But just the way I'm going to build my team, I want to get a gun fullback, and then I want to leave halfback to later. I feel like you're leaving... Unless you've got Nathan Cleary, you're not leaving as many points on the board if you don't have a good halfback. Whereas fullback, if you don't have one of the top five, and you get a guy in round 10, you could be leaving an average of 30 or 40 points on the board, which for me is just way too much. There are guys in the halves that I can get really late that I think can average 45 to 55, and that's what I normally do. Did it last year with Tom Dearden, uh, you know, copped a bit of stick for it, but, you know, considering the guy didn't even play great footy, he still averaged, you know, 42, and he finished the season with an average of about 52 or so, and that was sort of what I was looking for. That's all I really need from my halves. As long as I've got ceiling elsewhere, which I guarantee you I will this year. So you won't see me chasing, you know, your Ben Hunt's, your Sam Walkers, your Luke Kearys, uh, your Jerome Lewis, these sort of guys. I'm going to let someone else take them. I don't think they're bad picks, but it just doesn't quite fit with my strategy. Another little bit of strategy that I want to throw in there as well. Before I forget, there are three teams that I do not want to draft a player from. First one is the Newcastle Knights. I just have no interest in this situation in any way, shape, or form. Uh, even if I get to round two and round three and KP's there, I still won't take him, to be honest with you. I've said a number of times, I think that they are in for a battler of a season. I think KP will probably headline it, to be honest with you. So Newcastle, no one I'm interested in there outside of Jaden Brayley. if I can get really good value for him to play hooker, but I don't think I will, to be honest with you. The hooker market is just too short. I think someone else will go in. Another one's the Gold Coast Titans. Now,
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
2: I just, I'm just not convinced on any of these guys. I don't trust David Fafida, to be honest with you. I probably should, but I don't, uh, and I, I'm going to back my gut in on that. I think that the halves, people are going to get really keen on Toby Sexton going a little bit early. Someone will probably go Jaden Campbell a little bit early. I just I can't trust the guys in this team. I don't trust the front row rotation. I don't trust that the back rowers will hold on to their spots. There's just... There's too much mystery in this side for me. Even the centers, like Brian Kelly, I really love. He was a bit of a letdown last year. Marsy, I'm a huge fan of him, but I'm not confident he's going to get a spot. Corey Thompson's probably the guy that I trust the most in this side. But I mean, if he was to drop out of this side, they've got so many guys that have come in, it wouldn't shock me. Aaron Clark, even him as a hooker, I I, I probably think he goes undrafted. His stats are pretty bang average. Um, you know, Aaron Booth, he could be a long term guy, but I just don't think they're going to run with an 80 minute hooker. Not named Aaron Clark, and Aaron Clark doesn't do it for me. So Titans, I can't do it. Newcastle, I can't do it. And the other one is the North Queensland Cowboys. I've sort of gone off Ruben Cotter a little bit. Um, I just, I, I just don't trust that he's gonna be that guy. That Todd Payton's gonna make the right decision. If he does, I'll be stoked. I'll let you all know about it. Don't worry about that. But I very highly doubt I will have Ruben Cotter on my team. I think someone else uh, in our competition will probably jump on the hype that I've sort of spiced him up a little bit. I think someone else will probably think that. I'm super keen on him as well, to so try and get him a little bit quicker. Uh, I'll be fine when Ruben Cotter goes. He's a guy that I really like. I think he's got a huge future. I think he could play Origin this year still, but I don't trust that Todd Payton's going to use him properly, and that rattles me. Got the young back rowers at the Cowboys. They're great. I just, once again, I don't trust that Todd Payton's going to make the right decision with these guys every single week. The halves, I can't go near. Drinkwater's got a bit of upside, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't trust him either. Uh, the hammer is just all... You know, he's all attacking stats and that's it. They're a team that isn't going to score too many points, in my opinion. Uh, Val Holmes playing center. I don't even know what the fuck that looks like. So, no thank you. Kyle Felt, he'll score, you know, 18 tries this year and finish with an average of 50, which will blow me away. So, I just... There's no one from the Cowboys that stands out to me. Even a Reese Robson, I think, for where he's going to get drafted. If he was a second rower, you, you wouldn't even considering where he's going to get drafted. But because he's a hooker and people will get desperate, that's the exact trap I don't want to fall into. So Cowboys, Newcastle, Gold Coast, not keen on any of them. I'm sort of going to put a red Sharpie through those three teams. And every time I see one of them go, I'm just going to have a little sigh of relief, to be honest with you, because it's not someone that I was interested in. Um, As I said, I want to get a pick one to six. If I don't, I will go 13, 14. So hopefully when I come out of this draft, I have got one of Turbo, Cleary, Lattrell, uh, Pappy or Who's the other one? Teddy, sorry. Uh, one, one, one of those five that I've, I've 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 talked about a few times now. So I want one of those guys. If not, I'm going to go late to a pick 13, 14 and try and get a Garrick Hines, toe, maybe Jerome Hughes sort of combination. Uh, there's a lot of smokies that I've got and there's a few that I'm very confident that I will get. Uh, I mentioned Aaron Penne before. I'll, I might go, he might be the first front rower that I grab. I just think that everyone will go for the normal front rowers that we used to over the last few years and then he's a guy I could get late, so I wouldn't be surprised if I get him, I'd probably back myself to get him, Uh, one that I will get, I'm confident of it, someone who's going to have to go very, very early to get him off me is Isaac Tago, Uh, I think people will be expecting him to go at around about the round 9, round 10 sort of mark, I'm willing to go him as early as round five or round six, to be honest with you. I think i will get a vibe on the day of where I'm going to grab him, but I'm very confident I get myself a slice of Isaac Tago. Uh, He's a guy that I think could honestly finish as a top 10 supercoach center. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's he's a top five guys in that Penrith side and where he's playing. I just think it could be anything. He's got great base stats. He's, He's got so much attacking upside. You'll see him on... Do they play Saturday or Sunday afternoon? They they well, sorry. When you're listening to this, they would have played in in the last two days, and I'm hoping that Isaac Tago has impressed because I'm pretty confident I will have him on draft day. He's one that I'm very very keen on. So Isaac Tago, he's one guy that I really do want. Aaron Penne is another one. As I said. I will have Katoni Stags. I will draft him pretty early. If I had to put money on two guys I'll definitely have, I would say, Tago and Stags. They're two guys that I'm going to go early for because I'm very confident they're going to have big seasons. So that's two guys I'm very keen on that I think I will have. If I do manage to get my hands on Katoni Staggs, uh, which I think I will... I will obviously try and pair him up with Selwyn Cobbo, who I believe is going to play on the right edge with him. If he's not playing on the right edge, you'd have to assume he's playing fullback, which might even be better. The other guy that I would really like is Jordan Pierre because I think that if I if I get Selwyn Cobbo, which I think I will, I will then maybe have to accommodate for him to play fullback, which I think will mean Jordan Pierre will get the right wing. So all of a sudden, if I have Selwyn Cobbo and I have... Oh, I was about to say Branco Lee. Good God. If I have Selwyn Cobbo, Tony Stags, and then I have Jordan Pierre out on that right wing, that is a, a grouping of guys that I am very, very keen on. Another reason why I really like Tony Staggs, I might have mentioned this before or not, uh, it is in round 25, 5.30 p.m. on the Saturday Arvo. He plays the Dragons. I personally think he, he could be a captain option there. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes 120, 130 there. Piera, if I could have him in that game against his former club as well, hopefully on the eve of playing finals, I think that could be massive. So, Katoni Staggs, I'm confident I'll have him. Piera, I reckon I I can get him late. I might have hyped him up a little bit too much on the podcast and on my Instagram page for the boys. Some of them might be more aware of him. Uh, Selwyn Cobbo, I think I'm going to have to go in pretty early to get my hands on him. Uh, But as long as I've got Katoni Staggs, I'll be happy. The other two, they will be a bonus that I really want, though. Uh, From the New Zealand Warriors, we have the young bloke that I've been talking about for For a while, Valia, Uh, I am keen on him. I'm not sure if he's going to be in their starting team, but he's a guy that I wouldn't mind stashing for my side. Um, Another little smoke that I've got my eyes on, and I've got a feeling he might be my halfback 5'8", because he is dual, is Lachlan Ilias. But I will say this, in my competition... Uh, in my in my group of mates. There's a lot of South Sydney fans and a couple of them are a little bit biased to South Sydney. Um, it'll be interesting to see where Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell go. For me, Latrell's a clear five. Uh, he could go anywhere as high as three depending on who in my comp lands him uh, and, and where they finish. If it's one of these keen South Sydney fans, they could go Latrell really early there. Uh, I don't think Cody Walker can probably go in the top six or seven. I think he will drop a little bit, but it just depends who, who gets him realistically. But, Lachlan Ilias is a guy that I've sort of identified. I'd be happy to have him in my halves. His dual position. I think a lot of people, including myself to be honest with you, looked at his one score against the Dragons last year and sort of went, oh, it's not that impressive for one. I think he scored 27 with a try, which is pretty shit. Uh, Gone back and done some study and some research on Ilias and watched a lot of his games. I think he's got a bit more upside than what what we're giving him. So, Ilias is one I will be keen to have, as is Jackson Hastings. I wouldn't be surprised if I come out of this draft and my two halves are Hastings and Ilias and I'd be happy to run with those guys so two guys to keep an eye on in the halves that I reckon I'm a really good shot of getting my paws on Uh, a couple of other smokies that I think are worth keeping an eye on uh, obviously I've spoken about him quite a bit is Jack Howarth from the Melbourne Storm I don't know where he plays I think he'll be in the 17 probably off the bench Um, I think he's available at just CTW for Supercoach I think he's been named to play centre in the trial coming tomorrow night. Uh, So just one to keep an eye on there. I wouldn't be surprised if Howarth manages to land a spot in that starting team for the Storm. And if he doesn't, he's probably only one injury away. So one that I'll probably stash there and see what happens. I'm pretty confident... I'll get him. Uh, He won't be like a pick 17 for me. I'll be happy to go 13 or 14, and I don't think anyone else will be realistically. Uh, Another one that I am interested in, and I've been talking about Ben Travojevic a lot from the Manly Seagulls. I am keen on him, but the more and more I see of this cooler guy who I didn't think was going to be the next guy up, I'm probably leaning towards him. So he's a punt that I will take once again, like Howarth. I won't take him 16, 17. I'll probably take him 13th, 14th. And as I said, the way that I envision this playing out is that I will leave my hooker to pick 17. I'll probably leave my front rowers uh, to pick 16 and 15. That's ideally how I see it going. So pick 12, 13, 14. I can maybe take some gambles on guys that I am keen on, whether, whether it's Valia from the Warriors. It might be Jojo Fafita from the Titans. It might be Jordan Piera at the Broncos. Um, Taylor May from the Panthers, I assume, he will go a little bit earlier, though. There are a number of guys that I'm willing to take a punt on here late. So my strategy is going to be huge upside players. That's what I want to start in the first few rounds, leaving my front rowers to the very end. God knows who I'll end up with there. Penne is probably one. Other than that, I'm really not sure. It it, It could be a bench front rower. I've got no idea who, who it's going to be, but I'm not going to be overly upset by that one. I'll find a front rower throughout the season at some point. Hooker, I will be leaving. I'm not interested in Hooker. Even if I had the opportunity to get Harry Grant or Damien Cook, I would probably look elsewhere because I want that higher ceiling. So I think my last three picks will probably be Hooker. I, I think Hooker will definitely be my last pick unless I pick up a Drayden Braley in round 12, 13, around that mark, get some value there. My front rowers, they'll be the next two picks before that as well. Very keen to see on, Monday, Monday morning, Monday morning or Sunday night when I get to record and go through my team how closely I stuck to this. I'm pretty I'm pretty keen to stick to it at the moment. So fingers crossed I can get through it, I can do it properly uh, and hopefully I get a pick 1 to 6. If not, hopefully I get an opportunity to go pick 13 or 14 because I if I end up somewhere between pick seven and eleven um, I really don't like it and realistically if I'm pick seven to eleven I'm probably going to draft one of the same three guys that I would have drafted at 12 13 14 which I'm not overly keen to do I know that I can get at least one of them pick 12 13 14 so I'd rather have that second pick a little bit closer pick seven to ten eleven and is an absolute nightmare for me. I don't want to land there. I'm going to go really hard at the challenges to try and land a good spot. Pretty confident I can. Fingers crossed I do, and fingers crossed maybe... I can jump into that top two because that would be ideal. Obviously, one would be perfect. Getting Turbo would be ideal. But if I end up at three and I get Teddy, I'd be happy. Four with Pappy, I'd be happy. Five with Latrell, I'd also be happy. I'd probably rather be top four over Latrell. Latrell's probably where I draw the line. I'm not convinced. He's got 150, 160 sort of scores in him. More than once a season, realistically. But I know that that top four does. And that's sort of where I want to be. Especially Cleary. Obviously, I'm not keen on drafting a halfback first. But the goalkeeper Same as Pappy with the goal kicking is massive. Teddy, considering what he did last year with all the players back and everything, it could be really, really interesting. So fingers crossed we get a top six uh, tomorrow. If not, I'll go 13, 14, and hopefully I can stick to these rules of no front rowers, no hookers, don't draft from the Titans, don't draft from the Cowboys, and don't draft from the Newcastle Knights tune in on Monday morning or Monday afternoon, actually this will drop Monday morning so tune in Monday afternoon uh, I would have either recorded on Sunday night or after bloke in a bar on Monday and I'll give my full review of my team, I'll probably put something out on Sunday afternoon showing you guys who's in my team, who I picked, where I picked them, and then I can give a bit of a deeper explanation and go through the draft, go through our order, it's a pretty early draft, obviously we got all 14 of the boys together for a weekend which is hard to do with 14 blokes but we've all got weddings and, sh- and shit on over the next few weeks so we had to go early, probably one of the earlier drafts realistically I don't think many other comps have gone no one sent me a draft team yet so it'll be interesting for me to take you through our draft to do a full review go every round and talk about all the players and where they went on our draft day kicking off
1: tomorrow